Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes! Yes! Y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, or on a sweater, or you'll listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She, like Dak Prescott, got her contract restructured. Ashley Pickle. You saved some cap room. Thank you very much for taking that pay cut. Yeah, I didn't sign up for that. Oh, well. We're going to have to talk about this. We weren't really in the room. That seems about right. Happy International Women's Day. Today is Tuesday, (laughs) March 8th, 2022. 261 days until Thanksgiving. Happy birthday. 45th birthday to James Vanderbeek. Okay. That's Dawson from Dawson's Creek. And it's uh, Mox. It's uh, Johnny Moxon from Varsity Blues. Oh, okay. I don't want your laugh. <laughs> it's also our buddy Mike Alexander's birthday. Oh, uh, he's uh, Huh? From Grapevine? No, no, no. Uh, the other Mike Alexander. Uh, That's the head coach of Grapevine. You I know. You can't <laughs> on this show say, oh, Mike Alexander, and not expect me to be like, oh, yeah, head coach of the Mustangs. No. Uh, for our Bally Sports Southwest oh, uh, cameraman not. extraordinaire. Uh, our, yeah, our videographer from Bally Sports Southwest. I'm big, big fan of Mike. Oh, happy birthday, Mike. The other Mike Alexander that Maybe works in Texas Mike. high school football. Maybe it's the other Mike Alexanders, too. That would be kind of cool. That would be kind of rad. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, episode 1,345. On today's show, me amigos. E mis amigas. Uh, we're going to dive into Math Tuesday and uh, take a look at our friend of the show, Bill Connolly's uh, latest numbers and latest nerdery up on ESPN.com. Nerdery. We'll talk about uh, the what Texas FBS teams have the most production coming back in 2022 we'll talk about that in the back half of the show we'll be joined by the head coach of the lumberton raiders coach james reyes will join us after a uh, really nice first year there for uh, for the raiders uh he took over a program that was that i believe went two and seven the year before uh and they go six and five able to get into the playoffs we'll talk with him coming up here at the back half of the program down there in hardin county do we have first four through the door we sure do it was nick morton just chad aaron arbuckle and rob hadaway welcome in fellas welcome in my friends okie dokie um do we have any pre-show and pre-show announcements i don't know if we do i don't think so okay we got shows all week right yeah. yeah even though you're gonna be 
doing going to your side hustle. I do. Conference USA. Yeah, I'm I'm helping MC the Fan Fest this week. So, but oh. that's that's after the fact. I will say, if North Texas wins the first round game, they play at 11:30 on Friday. So we may have an impromptu one. <laughs> I'll either just accidentally not show up because I'm at the game, or I'll uh, be very focused. We'll keep we'll keep you guys posted on the North Texas basketball game on Friday if it. If that it would be a semifinal forward. game. So it's that's big doings, sir. I don't. Dis- you're not wrong. Malpal will be there. I'm seeing it, so she'll be there in person. Okay, they're at the star. Mm-hmm. The star. The star. Hoops at the star. All right, Pickle, it's time for Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. I don't know how we ended up doing math on <laughs> Tuesday, but here we are doing Math Tuesday. And and normally with these, I am going and kind of digging up my own statistics, and I'm going and kind of crunching numbers myself. I was very, very lazy this week. And instead... That's always great to bring I went, in the public. <laughs> I went to a professional Mm, nerd. Actual a Math Tuesday a professional knowledgeable. Yeah. Our good friend Bill Connolly at ESPN.com. Um, and he annually puts up an article about the returning production for each college football team at the FBS level. Um, Bill Connolly's stuff is great, and, and mm-hmm. you should go subscribe to ESPN Plus if you're not. This is an ESPN Plus thing, uh, but it is, is very, very good stuff. And basically, he's come up with a, with a formula that uh, and he changes the formula year to year to make it as accurate as possible. But basically, uh, he goes through and he takes all of the factors that you had in twenty twenty in the year before, year prior, mm-hmm. and he weights them differently to come up with a percentage of returning production coming back. So, for example, if you were to bring back every single player from last year's team you would bring back 100% of your production. Mm-hmm. If you were to bring back zero players from last year's team, you would bring back 0% of your production. So the way that he weights it this particular year is uh, the re- re- uh, receiver and tight end receiving yards counts as 37% of the overall number offensively. Quarterback uh, passing yards, 29%. The returning offensive line snaps... 28%, and then returning running back rushing yards is 6%. Um, and so basically, and then on the defensive side, uh, percent of returning tackles, right? How many, you know, if you had if you had 100 tackles mm-hmm. and you bring back 40 tackles, of 40, 40 players who accounted for 40 of them, that's going to count for 59% of the weight. Passes defended, 28%. Uh, tackles for loss, 8%. And sacks, 5%. Um, and so really, a lot of what they're they're looking at, it, it's easy, I can tell you right now, if you have a receiver core and a quarterback coming back, mm-hmm. plus like your offensive line, right, and you've got what I found, especially continuity in the secondary is what yes. he values as far as these metrics are concerned. Because that's probably the hardest to develop. And so he ranks all 131 FBS teams, including James Madison, who is a new FBS program. Mm-hmm. All 131. You can find those on ESPN.com. I have gone and I've pulled the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. And so right now, I guess you've seen the graphics, so this isn't fun. Yeah. But who <laughs> would you have guessed had the most returning production coming back? Honestly, I... I mean... I'll tell you who my guess would have been. Yeah. It would have been Houston. Houston, yeah. That would make that would make the most yeah, sense. That would have been mine. If, if Haynes King would have 
mm-hmm. played, I would have said that A&M probably would have been slightly up there, but they lost a lot on that defense, so that kind of takes it down. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, Houston is definitely, or SMU possibly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the numbers, and let's take a look at the returning production, according to our friend Bill Conley at ESPN.com, uh, uh, for these teams. Number one, TCU Horn Frog. See, that blows my mind. Uh, ninth overall, but you got to remember, they're bringing back Max Duggan. Yes. They're bringing back, and they've got a lot of continuity in the secondary. They're mm-hmm. actually 12th in defensive production returning. So, it, well, can we? Can I ask this question real fast before sure. we get too far into this? This is not taking into account the level of play that they had, correct? No, like only statistics. Okay, okay, that so, makes more sense because it's one of those things like no offense to Max Duggan, but he is not a more valuable asset to TCU than Clayton Toon is to Houston. 100%. So, okay, so but, this is just, but it's just bringing it's, it back. It's full yard. Okay, it's, okay. It's, it's passing yards. Is what then that makes more sense right. with that. <laughs> and so TCU, number one in Bill Connolly's rankings, number one, uh, ninth overall. Uh, number two, North Texas. North Texas, which is, is interesting. <laughs> you know, Take that as you will. But they bring back 90% of their offense. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with offensive line continuity mm-hmm. and their receiver core is largely coming back intact. Which is and, good. And I believe all their offense, all their quarterbacks who threw the ball, basically. Yeah, that's... Eh. <laughs> Number three is SMU. Now SMU, uh, that's one thing that he that uh, that uh, that he really likes. He really likes this SMU team, uh, saying that you know new coach Rhett Lashley really might have the pieces in place to put up a fight in the American Athletic Conference, especially because they've got 83 percent of that offensive production coming back. And fourth was UTSA. Uh, I think obviously bringing back Frank Harris helps. Mm-hmm. They do have some uh, some holes to fill on the defensive side. You've seen, yeah, uh, they're 69th in defense. If they would have had sincere McCormick, I bet you they would have been. Yeah, they, they would have moved higher. up. But yeah, remember they also don't value running back uh, yards as much. That's because true. They view running back yards as mm-hmm. less important than, than, than the receiving uh, less core. replaceable than receive than catches and less replaceable than offensive line. Uh, Texas State number f- number five there, twenty third, including eighty ninth or eighty nine percent of their offense. That's uh, second in Texas uh, as far as that, but they're getting torched in the set and uh, defense. Seventy four percent for Houston at number six, uh, and they've kind of got that balance. They're bring- actually bringing back seventy six percent of their defense, uh, which I think is going to be or which should be uh, pretty helpful for them. And then obviously guys like Clayton Toom, uh, UTEP number seven on this list. Uh, defensively especially, but they have a lot of pieces to replace offensively. I think Jacob Cowing probably put so a huge hit. Yeah. Uh, Texas number eight. Uh, obviously, they're going to have a new quarterback. That's uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, hurtful to them in these rankings. 53rd overall for Texas, uh, but losing your quarterback and uh, a decent number of your weapons on the outside, outside of Xavier Worthy, is going to be hurtful. Rice comes in at number nine, 77th overall. Uh, they are going to be a pretty much complete rebuild offensively. Same thing goes for the defense there on Texas A&M, who mm-hmm. checks in at number 10. They get really wiped out defensively in the secondary, mm-hmm. and a lot of those guys that they had up front, uh, they're going to need to rebuild. And then also, you know, look, they're, they're obviously Zach Calzada's out the door. He got almost all of the passing yards right, right last year. Uh, and so they are they're replacing there, plus a couple of a couple of weapons on the outside. So right now, number 10, they're at Texas A&M. Uh, Joey McGuire inherits a team with uh, at Texas Tech, the 90th 
uh, most returning uh, um, uh, production in the nation, 60% overall, especially offensively. They are getting uh, pretty much wiped. Part of it is that like Tyler Shuck was injured a lot right. and things like that, but a, a lot of the receiving core mm-hmm. is gone, and, and they're going to have to replace some offensive line. And pulling up the rear at number 12 is Baylor, of course, the defending Big 12 champs. Uh, they have what is supposed to be the least productive returning unit in Texas, which is the Baylor defense. Mm-hmm. 113th overall defensively there. They're 99th overall. Um, and yeah, that's one thing certainly to keep an eye on. But, you know, Baylor's a team. That's a that's a big question mark team they, for us. They bring back Gary Bohannon. Mm-hmm. Which but, is good. And, and what's interesting is that actually their offensive line and their defensive line, I think, have a chance to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best in the conference. But uh, line experience doesn't weigh super heavily on this, uh, on, on these, uh, especially on the defensive side. Right. Uh, but they have a lot of turnover at the secondary spots, and they have a lot of turnover at the wider se- at the receiving spots. And those are going to be big issues for Baylor going forward. So there you go. Uh, TCU, the, num- the most returning production, uh, according to Bill Connolly there at ESPN. Uh, you can find that at ESPN.com, the mo- college football's uh, returning production for the 2022 season. Surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Um, do they ever do one where they do take into effect like level of play per se or like level of importance um you know that's 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 one of the things that i think that they want to obviously that's a look if you're losing that's opinionated almost yeah Yeah. exactly right this is purely based on numbers the other thing to keep in mind is he tries to keep up on transfers but Mm -hmm. there's still going to be transfers and things guys coming in guys leaving and then also there's going to be recruiting you know they're trying you know a&m for example we mentioned there they they had uh they are number 10 in the fbs uh teams among in texas as far as returning production is concerned. But they've got the number but, one recruiting yeah, the, class exa- in the nation. Exactly, right. So how much does that factor into it? This is basically only looking at what you did last year mm-hmm. and how much of that is coming back for the new season. Which is probably the only way you can realistically that's, do it. I think it. that's the only way that you can do it. Um, you know, you can do that you know, as far as... Having a formula and yeah, having a straight correct. answer as to how you got Yes. To your equation. Yes, exactly. So he will say that, you know, it, it's, if you're asking what this means, um, about 8% of teams return at least 80% of their overall production. On average, they improved by about 5.8 adjusted points per game. So they did okay. improve. That's pretty significant. So that would mean that if you were 20th last year, that would bump you up to 7th. If you're 40th, they'll bump you up to 15th. On the other end, if you bring back less than 50% of your uh, production in a given season, you drop from about, say, 10th to 27th or 40th to 67th around there. And so based on his numbers, there isn't, you know, these are decent. This is a decent canary in the coal mine as mm-hmm. to what to expect. That TCU, I think there's fair reason to be optimistic about Sonny Dykes and what he's what he's bringing mm-hmm. in. Obviously, a lot of transition there, but pretty fair reason to be excited about that. North Texas, I think the same way. Mm-hmm. On the other end, for Baylor, maybe there's reason to expect some expect some regression. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's reason for 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 Tech to, to to think that they may have a tough first year. So under Joy McGuire, so a lot to dive into. You can go to ESPN.com and read this. Uh, it is by Bill Conley. Our, our friend of the show, college football teams returning production for the 2022 season. Uh, go subscribe to ESPN Plus. I'm supposed to tell you that since we borrowed their numbers. Math Tuesday. We are Texas Football Today. 
We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Uh, two magazines, including our legendary summer edition, mailed to you before it hits newsstands, plus uh, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. We're recording a new episode of Tep and Step next Monday. How about that? That is what you're into. So go check that out, TexasFootball.com. Pickle, let's go to the hotline, uh, and let's go down to Hardin County to talk to the head coach of the Lumberton Raiders. We're joined by Coach James Reyes. Coach, how are you? What'd you do, Pickle? Try again. Coach, do you read me? I got you. Ah, there you go. How are you, my friend? How are things in beautiful Lumberton, Texas? Oh, they're great. A little rainy right now and cold, but we're going to make it through. uh, I imagine, I imagine that you will. So I want to ask you a little bit about your 2021 season. You know, you you come in uh, there in in January and you take over a program that, you know, what was two and seven, kind of uh, needing a little bit of a jolt. You guys were able to improve to to four and uh, six and five, rather a four win improvement getting into the playoffs um, in your first year there at Lumberton. I'm I'm interested uh, from your perspective as the guy who was there on the inside, how do you assess what you guys were able to do in 2021 uh you know we can as soon as we came in we went to work in the weight room and uh you know uh, t- just try to get our kids stronger and faster um and uh you know i'm a guy i, I like I-, I love the kids and uh you know i do a lot with the kids and and uh we just try to change the mentality around here of uh you know competing and uh and winning at everything we do and um you know we started uh last year with football a little earlier than normal um we try to go during the period, uh, you know, a couple of days a week. Started in March, um, which we'll we'll push back a little further this year since uh, we got our uh, our uh, strength and conditioning program uh, moving forward. Uh, but that's what we did, man. And we just got the kids to believe in what they were doing and themselves and uh, and the coaches. And and uh, so we just pushed forward in that way. And uh, you know, we we moved it into the summer with uh, our strength conditioning program in the summer, and the kids showed up. Uh, had a bunch of kids out, girls and boys. Um, and and uh, just kept just kept moving forward in that way. You know, we hear from coaches all the time that when they take over a new job, you know, it's it's a new voice in the room, and and maybe it, they you know, the it's it can be difficult for for guys to buy in or or really latch on to what to buy what the coach is selling. Did you did you sense from the beginning that 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 the coach that the your players and your and your athletes were were picking up what you were putting down, or did it take some time for them to to kind of get used to you? You know, it took a little time, but I mean, it always is. You know, there's a trust issue uh, when a new guy comes in. You know, with uh, with a new staff, and uh, you know the current staff as well. So you got to kind of uh, uh, do some things to uh, to gain their trust and um, to gain the kids' trust. And you know, these kids here are eager to win. And uh, you know, at all sports, but uh, you know, in football, we we were young. Um, we we started a bunch of young kids, and uh, you know, we came in and told them all the spots were open, and uh, you that every kid's gonna have to compete for a spot. It doesn't didn't matter if they were a you know a, a you know, a two-year starter started since they were sophomores, which we had some kids that started uh, since they were sophomores and 
we're going to be seniors, and uh, we opened up the uh, you know opened up every position for competition, and the kids battled. And uh, you know we had some kids that started um, for you know a year or two, and and uh, you know didn't win a job, and we had some younger kids that stepped up and and uh, you know played really well. Um, but you know it's all about a trust issue, and and, and the kids uh, getting to believe in me, and uh, you know me pushing forward with them, uh, uh, believing in themselves that they can do you know anything's possible as long as they put the work in. Talking with James Reyes, the head coach of the Lumberton Raiders here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation in hashtag TF Today. Uh, all right, Coach, you, you're an offensive guy, and, and you come in, you're, you're a spread guy. Uh, the, the offense, you come over as the offensive coordinator from center, uh, take over this program, and, and the offense really starts to take flight. You guys uh, are able to improve your scoring offense pretty much immediately. Um, uh, I think a lot of the credits, you know, a lot of people are going to point at your, at your outstanding sophomore quarterback, Lucas Powell, and what he was able to do last year, 25 100-yard passer, you know, 24 mm-hmm. passing touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns. Um, what is it about this young man that, that makes him special, and how important was he to getting that offense really lifting off there as the season went on? You know, Lucas, he's a great uh, athlete. Um, he's smart. You know, he does well in the classroom. Um, he studies film. Um, he listens. You know, we got to get better. You know, he had, uh, uh, we talked about it actually today. You know, he had 10 interceptions this year. We got to cut down on that. Um, but, you know, he got us out of some tough, tough situations, uh, you know, when, when we might have missed a block on the O line. Um, but, you know, he does a great job of reading the keys and uh, seeing the field. Um, and, and again, he is a sophomore. He had a great year, uh, but we look for great things out of him moving forward. Um, but, you know, uh, offensive line-wise, uh, when I got here, I was told that, you know, we weren't very big up front. But, you know, our kids battled. And, uh, you know, we're not real sm- we're not small either. And um, so our kids up front battled. Um, w- again, we, we switched offenses. We went straight from, you know, uh, the slot T, what they've done in the past. They did uh, spread it out a little bit last year. Uh, but we went to a straight spread, uh, you know, full-pace offense, uh, you know, going fast, uh, one back. We don't we don't run a tight end or an H back. Um, so it was a different deal. But the kids embraced it. They loved it. Um, and we got some good athletes coming back. So uh, we're excited about next year. Yeah. You know, Coach, one of the places that I know you guys got to feel really good about is especially at the receiver core. You know, you're, you're bringing back yes, four, four of your, your, your most experienced receivers there, uh, you know, uh, guys who, who put up some, some big numbers. You know, uh, uh, Brady Fusilier, I'm probably butchering his name, I apologize, uh, Trey Kirsch, guys like that. Um, I, I have to imagine that when you take a look at your 2022 season or 22 year with the another year under the with the offense under your belt and with these the type of receiving core that you're bringing back i have to imagine you're feeling pretty good about the way your offense could could roll in 2022 yeah, we're 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 super excited. You know, Brady is fusillade is how you say his last thing, but um, people butcher that thing all, all all year. You know, at stadiums, but uh, you know, Caleb Cook's coming back. We got uh, Kyle Markintel that played a lot uh, during the year when a couple guys were hurt, and then Trey Kirsch is coming back as well. Um, so we're we're super excited about where we are um, at the receiver receiving level. Uh, I like to have. You know, six or seven guys that we can plug in at any time, uh, because you're never going to make through a football season with all all the guys stay healthy all the time. Um, so um, we're super excited about where those kids are. Um, you know, we started a sophomore running back that came in uh, week two, and. Uh, 
you know, uh, t- just jumped in and, and went. Um, and he had a great year as well. And uh, so we're looking for great things from him. But, uh, again, we're, we were young this year. We're excited about where we are. Uh, we're excited about where we are up front uh, on the offensive line. And, uh, you know, we look for great things uh, in, in 2022 uh, offensively. You know, uh, James Reyes of Lumberton joined us. The, the defense, too, you know, I think with, with the, you know, the, the spectacular young youngsters you guys had offensively, the defense make it over. Look, you guys were able to shave – some like two touchdowns per game off your off your defensive average. What was it that what what was it that clicked for you guys? What was that worked for you guys defensively in twenty twenty one? You know, we switched defenses for one. You know, we went from a four man front to a three man front. Um when I came in I thought we had uh um you know, more linebacker type bodies, uh, in the building than we did defensive line bodies. And so, uh, we switched to a three, four coach McDonald did an unbelievable job of, uh, getting those kids to buy into that. Um, and we, we, we flew to the football, made some big plays. Uh, we do have some, some, uh, good young players, uh, you know, in, in that group. And, uh, you know, we're excited about where they are, where they are. We're, we're graduating a couple of, uh, a couple of good football players at safety, a couple of good outside linebackers, um, and, a, and a, very good defensive end and uh that that was a hard nose played hard every game and uh, uh you were gonna have to fill some holes defensively but we're we're super excited about where that group is as well uh we're getting stronger in the weight room and uh you know i think we'll be faster uh this next year defensively than we were this year um coach you know one thing that i think is interesting this was here at lumberton this is your first head coaching job first athletic director job uh you're now a year in uh, what do you what do you know now about the job that maybe you didn't know uh, if we were having this conversation a year ago? Uh, I guess just how, how to manage all of it. You know, uh, it, there's there, you don't when you go to school or you jump into an assistant coaching job, you you never get the uh, the, um, the the full on how to deal with uh, being a head football coach plus dealing with the AD duties. You know, uh, you always get called in to uh, to something uh, on a short notice that you got to run and you got to make sure your uh, your coaches are uh, are. are we're organized and and I think we were you know uh the good thing is we go in the mornings uh so there's not a lot going on early in the morning at 6 15 when we start and uh you know so I I get to go go out there and coach some football and and uh you know my coaches do a great job as well picking up um in case I'm not not around but uh you know and deal just dealing with everyday everyday kids you know I, I've been blessed my my father's a, I've been an AD and head football coach for a long time and retired and and so uh you know if I've got a question I always call and pick his brain and uh you know I got I also got buddies all around the state of Texas that are head football coaches and uh um ADs that I that I uh you know I touch base with I don't know everything I don't pretend to know everything um and so I'm always calling to uh, uh, my buddies and, and my father to uh, to get those extra tidbits that I need uh, to push us forward to uh, 2022. Uh, finally, Coach, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about realignment, which was uh, almost entirely just boring for you guys. Uh, yeah, the, the same district, District 10-4A Division One. Uh, you guys, uh, the same district lineup there with Little Cypress, Murraysville, Viter, uh, Huffman, Hargrave, Livingston, and Splendora. And, and normally I feel like coaches would say, oh, okay, well, it stays the same. That's a good thing feels like you guys could use a break after from this district uh i mean you want to talk about one uh, one of the most quality districts top to bottom uh in 4a division one uh, you know i i i imagine that that you look at this district and just say well it's you've got to put on your working boots every single week because it is a it seems like a really challenging district 
It, it is, you know, and I'm going to tell you, all, all these guys do a great job. Um, you know, uh, they, they've done well everywhere. You know? And a lot of these guys have, uh, you know, Coach Matthews at Vider has been there for a long time. You know, Coach Peavy did a great job at Beaumont Westbrook and came in a little Cypress and did an unbelievable job there um, this year. You know, Coach McEachern at Hargraves does a great job, been there for a long time. Um, but, you know, every uh, up and down the lineup, you know, those guys do a great job. And, um, you know, it, it's not something that uh, every week you're going to have to come and, and play. And, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, I think that prepares you um, for, for, for the f- – for the playoffs um you know you can't go through district and not play anybody and uh jump into uh to texas school uh football playoffs and um and 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 think you're gonna win a game if if you haven't been you know tested and uh you know I, i thought this year our kids were tested you know all throughout the year we ended up having to play columbus and they do a great job baytown leaded a great job you know coach at east chambers does a great job um but I feel like, you know, we're battle-tested for district, and, and, and we're going to do the same this year, um, open up with Hampshire Finette. And, uh, you know, we're playing Houston uh, Houston Private School this year. We're going to play Nacogdoches and Bridge City and and, uh, and Tatum. And so uh, I, I think, uh, you know, putting those guys on the, on the on non-district schedule is going to prepare us for a tough district. And then uh, moving, moving into the playoffs, you know, uh, Region 3, it's uh it's tough sledding, you know. So uh, you got to make sure you're prepared uh, to move into uh, uh, to, to the playoffs and to to week one. I mean, golly, you got that District Nine is is loaded with talented kids and and coaches that do a great job over there uh, with Kilgore, Lindell, Chapel Hill, Jacksonville, Henderson. You know they they all do a great job, you know. And uh, we're excited about where we are and excited about it. And uh, you know, I'm from East Texas, so I've played those guys a lot. I know what they do, and so uh, looking forward to to the season. He's James Reyes. He's the head coach of the Lumberton Raiders. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on a fantastic first year there with the Raiders, and looking forward to seeing what you guys do in 2022. Hey, thank you guys for having me. We appreciate it. Absolutely. There he goes, James Reyes, the head coach, the Lumberton Raiders. Join us here. Texas football today. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that district's a, a, a barren. And we've talked a lot oh, about yeah. Little Cypress, Mauriceville. Oh, especially with LCM yeah. coming up. LCM, how good they've been, you know, obviously in the first year under under Coach Peavy. Uh, but Viter was a good was a, uh, obviously a good team last year. Huffman, Hargrave, Lumberton, etc. Uh, I look at a team like Splendora. Splendora finished last in that district. They were 4-1 and one going into district play. Mm-hmm. Okay, And then they went 0-5 oh in district play. That's a r- pretty darn good. That's one of those teams like 4-6. and six, Right. Like a pretty good 4-6 and six team. Mm-hmm. That district top to bottom is really, stu- really tough. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, for Lumberton to bounce back the way that they did... You know, after a two and seven year, you know Chris Baben, the 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 form, the coach that um, retired, that coach uh, Reyes took over for, mm-hmm. uh, did, did started getting that thing going, uh, and and you know Coach Reyes is, is kind of continuing that tradition that they've helped they've helped to build there in Lumberton down there in Hardin County. So we appreciate Coach, coach Reyes taking a little bit of time with us. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. We got called out for uh, talking about your um, gopher problem. Apparently, it wouldn't have been gophers that were digging tunnels. It would have been moles. Okay. Those are the same thing, right? No. They're actually not. I, I do know that. Um, I, I thought gopher, gophers also dug holes. I thought they did, too. What's gophers the look between, more like... What's the difference between a mole and a zebra? <laughs> Are they the same thing? They could be. Moles look like little 
possums. Have you ever seen a mole and a zebra in the same room at the same time? I can't say I have. I have seen a mole before, but not in the same time. Look, folks, I, I don't hide who I am. <laughs> I'm city folk. That's what it okay. said. It said, Tep City Boy. Those were moles digging tunnels, not guys, gophers. Guys, I... I don't hide who I am. Again, we can I, just classify them as rodents, and we're yeah, just rodents. not fans of rodents. Was. It was rodent control. I don't think I've ever met a rodent that I like. Right. Exactly. I mean... I've I was, got rodent issues. Like, yeah. I don't like them. Exactly. I was out there, you know, mowing my lawn, and then suddenly I just noticed these, these, <laughs> these tunnels. And, yeah. Uh, and I we're not having that around these parts. Not in, not in, not in, not in this cul-de-sac. <laughs> No, sir. <laughs> that, that and how are you feeling, champ, really have hit your dad peak today. I did. I, ca- I think I called you sport this morning. Yeah. You. you are feeling much better, right? I am. Yeah, I feel I feel like a whole new woman. Like, I am back and better than ever. You want to get some crawfish for lunch? Stop. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DTTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to James Reyes, the head coach of the Lumberton Raiders, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give me your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.